Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together this afternoon and this morning for some of us on the other side of the ocean. We we thank you once again that we could gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus and sit at your feet, study your word, and learn your ways. Lord, we pray uh, particularly today that you would grant us a measure, an extra measure of revelation, knowledge, and understanding concerning the subject that we are currently studying. We pray that you will enable us to hear truth, see things that we have not seen before, and grow in our knowledge of you and in the knowledge of your ways. We thank you for everyone who has logged on today. We welcome them in the name of the Lord Jesus from wherever they are, from wherever they log on, and we greet them in the name of the Lord Jesus and welcome them. Thank you for the hunger, the desire in the heart to learn the ways of God. I pray that you bless them with a special anointing today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. We are on the fourth part of the subject of prayer today, and we are currently studying the kind of praying or the kind of prayers that please God. This is the subject that we have been on since the beginning of the year. The kind of prayers that please God and the kind that produce much fruit to the glory of God and to the extension of His kingdom here on earth. So week after week now, for several weeks, we have been looking at closely and studying the importance and the value of prayer in the life of the Christian. It is important for us to always remember that the prayer of petition, the prayer of supplication or intercession, has to do primarily with influence. What do, what do I mean by that? These kinds of prayers bring the influence of God's presence to bear on others, those that we are praying for. One of the primary ways we extend and establish the influence of God's kingdom is through the ordinance of prayer. Can you say amen to that? That is one of the primary ways that we get involved with God on behalf of others in order to extend and establish the influence of God's kingdom on the earth. The scope of our influence is determined by the scope of our prayers. Let me say that again. The scope of our influence in Christ is always determined by the scope of our prayers. 
the dictionary defines the word influence as the process of producing effects on the actions, on the behavior, and the opinions on others. That's what influence means. It is the process of producing effects on the actions, on the behavior, the decisions, and the opinions of another or others. When you pray for others, you affect the behavior, you affect their actions, and you affect their opinions, thus helping them to make right choices which ultimately will please God and glorify His name. That is why we pray. Amen? And we need to understand that, that when we get hold of God on behalf of others, we are bringing the presence of God and the influence of God to bear on their lives, on their actions, on their behaviors, on their decisions. Now, let me take you now behind the scenes and show you what really goes on when we pray. Because when you pray, you don't really see what goes on behind the scenes in the realm of the Spirit. But there is a whole lot of activity that is initiated and empowered because you prayed. Amen? Are you with me? Now, when we pray, at times, messengers from God or even warring angels are sent out to help and to assist the people we pray for. And oftentimes, these angels sent from God battle demonic forces who will try to confuse the people we pray for and keep them away from the truth of God's Word. In other words, blind them to the truth. Notice, I'm going to take you behind the scenes now and show you the conversation that Daniel had with the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord, and you will understand further the statements that I just made. So I want you to turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 10, and we're going to read verse 11 through to 14. And we're going to see now what goes on behind the physical, natural world, the realm of the Spirit, what goes on behind the scenes as Daniel prayed and interceded on behalf of his people. I want to make sure that you all have Daniel chapter 10, verse 11 through to 14. Daniel chapter 10, reading from verse 11 through to 14. Are you there? If you're there, please raise your hand so that we can go on. Thank you. Now, this is the angel of the Lord speaking to Daniel. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for I have now 
being sent to you. While he was yet speaking the word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Underline those that last sentence. The angel of the Lord says to Daniel, I have now come because of your words, because of your prayers. I was sent the very first day you decided to pray, to humble yourself before God, to fast and intercede on behalf of your people. That very day, the Lord God sent me to you with a message, with the answer to your prayer. But listen to what he says to him. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Now, let's look at it a little bit, a little, a little more deep in what 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 the angel of the Lord is is talking about and what he's referring to. First of all, because Daniel prayed for his people, the messenger of the Lord was sent by God. This was an an angel that carried messages. This was not a warring angel. This was a messenger. There are various categories of angels in heaven that are sent by God in order to serve us who, will heir, who are heirs of salvation, the Bible says. There are angels who carry messages. There are angels who fight battles on our behalf. So the Lord sent this messenger to help Daniel understand what will happen to the people of God in the latter days. The angel was sent with the answer to Daniel's prayer. On his way to Daniel, the angel, the messenger, encountered resistance from the prince of darkness who was called the prince of Persia. Now this fellow was not a physical being, but a spiritual being in the realm of God's, or rather of, the, of, of Satan's kingdom. He was a spiritual being, and he was influencing the affairs of Persia, as well as influencing the kings of Persia, or the government of Persia. We need to understand that the Ephesians chapter 6 talks to us about principalities, about powers, about rulers of the darkness, about spiritual, uh, wicked spirits in the heavenly places. All of these are different categories and different um, uh, governing structures in Satan's kingdom. Rulers, 
wicked spirits, and so on and so forth, principalities. So this dude was not a physical being. He was a spiritual being, and he was influencing the affairs of the kingdoms of Persia. Now, because the messenger of the Lord found resistance, God had to send the archangel Michael, who is the chief of the warring angels. And this this angelic being was sent to help the messenger break through and carry the message to Daniel. The Bible tells us that the fight in the spirit lasted 21 days before the warring angel of God broke through and helped the messenger get the message to Daniel. Now we understand from these passages of Scripture that there are angels who are messengers. They are sent on behalf of those we pray for or carrying answers to our prayer. Some carry words of knowledge. Others carry words of understanding and revelation. And some angels are called to fight. To fight not only on our behalf, the demonic forces, but also on the behalf of those we are praying for. And they are trying, these demonic forces are trying to confuse the minds of the people and to blind them to the truth of God's word. That is why we need to remain steadfast in prayer. We need to persevere no matter how long it takes because some of these answers to our prayers because we are praying for other people, not for ourselves. And other people may have issues in their lives that we are not aware of. That is why we need to remain in prayer. We need to persevere and never give up. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, Jesus teaching his disciples on the subject of prayer, he says to them, Men ought always to pray, that includes women of course, and never faint, not to faint, not to give up, not to be discouraged. If Daniel did not remain in prayer and persevere, probably he would never get the answer. You see, these angels that are working on our behalf, they are fueled and energized by our prayers and by the words and by the words of faith that come out of our mouth. Amen. Amen. So what you say is important. What you declare and confess over your life, over the lives of others, is very important. Because the Bible says that these angels hearken to the word of the Lord. And if the word of the Lord comes out of our mouth, it's like we're giving them fuel and energy and the license to go on our behalf. Now, overall, this angelic activity that we read about behind the scenes came about as a result of Daniel's prayers. There are other angels which are sent out in order to protect us, in order to guard us from evil, and to guard family members and the people we're praying for. That is why we should always pray 
for our loved ones. We need to pray for divine protection over their lives and trust that the Lord will keep them safe. In the book of in the book of Hebrews, chapter one and verse fourteen, I want you to turn there to see this truth: that angels, according to the word of God, are our servants. Angels are sent forth to minister for us who are heirs of salvation. And how do I know that? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14 tells me that. Turn there with me please. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. This is what the Word says. Are not all the angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve, to accompany, and to protect those who will inherit salvation? We don't hear much preaching about angels today. I don't know how many of you have heard a teaching on angels. Anyone? And yet they play such an important role in the lives of the believers. The Bible says these angels are ministering spirits. They are sent out by God to serve, to protect, to accompany those who will inherit Salvation. We are the heirs of salvation. And in fact, the Bible says that every one of us has at least one angel with him. God has signed that angel to you since you were born and he hasn't left you. You may have never seen him, but he's there. You can't see angels, they are spirits. But in my own experience and in my own walk of faith, there were many times that I sensed the presence of the angel of the Lord, especially when, I, when my life and the life of my family was in danger. Amen. There's a beautiful song that says, I believe in angels. I believe in angels. Amen. Are you with me? Can we go on? Now, all of these angels are sent out on assignments as a result of the people of God who pray. Who pray the kind of prayers that are pleasing to the Lord. Just because you can't see them, that doesn't mean they are not there. Amen. Can we can we proceed? Yes. All right. Have you digested all of that? Right. Let's let's continue now with the kind of prayers that please God. And we're going to look at one particular prayer. I know that we have covered this before. A number of weeks ago, if not months, it's recorded in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15 through to 21. 
Now, last week we've looked at the kind of prayer that pleased God as Jesus instructed us to pray and asking us to pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into His harvest. You remember that? Now today we're going to look at one of the prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. These kind of prayers are spirit-led prayers. They never grow old, they never grow out of date. That is why the Holy Spirit had them written in the Bible, canonized, so that we can read them today and learn from them. There was a time in my own uh, walk of prayer when I was struggling to establish uh, a kind of prayer life. And there was a time when I, I ran out of words. I didn't know what to pray. I don't know if some of you have experienced that, but sometimes your prayer life gets so dry that you want something new, that you want a new insight or a new revelation from God that will energize and inspire your prayer life. Well, I came to that crossroads. And I recall, I said to the Lord, Lord, my prayer life is getting dry I seem to be just not breaking through, not, not adding to my prayer vocabulary additional words or additional prayers. And I prayed, and I prayed, I remember, for, for weeks on end, until one day the Spirit of the Lord opened my understanding and go through the New Testament and study the prayers that are recorded in the New Testament. Well, that was a whole new level of revelation for me. And, um, and I began to study these prayers and pray them myself, not only for myself, but for my loved ones and for the people I'm praying for. It was really a blessing for me to see this and to study this and to pray the same prayers. So let's begin with Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. Paul is speaking and he says, he writes to the Ephesians and he says the following, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now let's stop there for a moment. And look at this verse close, close up. Please notice how Paul begins his prayer for those he prays for. Listen to what he says. Since I heard of your faith in the Lord and your love for all the saints, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. Before he asks God for anything, he gives thanks to God for those believers, the believers that he prays for. Thanksgiving is a vital part of the kind of prayer that pleases God. Thanksgiving always pleases God. So it is important that before we even begin our request or our petition to give thanks first. 
The prayer of thanksgiving is well-pleasing to the Lord. Many start the prayers by complaining about those they pray for. Oh Lord, you know how these sinners are. They're so wicked. God knows. He doesn't want to hear that. Hello? He doesn't want to know how your husband is misbehaving or your wife is misbehaving. None of those things. We begin our petitions with giving of thanks. Amen? When you start complaining to the Lord about the people you pray for, that's not prayer. That is murmuring and complaining. And God is not pleased with that. God tells us to give thanks to Him for all men. Please notice the word all men. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That means wicked men also. That means sinners and unrighteous men also. Giving thanks releases God's presence and influence on the people we're praying for. Did you hear that? Did you really hear that? Giving thanks releases the presence and the influence of God on the people we're praying for. It's important for us to understand and believe that. Amen? Every morning now, I lift up our president before, before the throne of God, his cabinet, and I give thanks to God for him. Now, if I go by what I hear on the news and by what I see on television, I will not be able to do that. But I have to go by faith and trust that the Word of God is the highest authority in my life and I put that Word into practice by faith. Amen? Paul's instruction to Titus was, in the book of Titus chapter 3 verse 1 and 2, he tells him, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. God does not give us license to speak evil of anyone, regardless of who they are, what they're doing, and where they come from. Amen? Now, after he finishes to give thanks for the people he's praying for, he continues his prayer and his petition with the following words. This is what he asks God to give them. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, 
what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Now, let's take a closer look at Paul's petition and request for the believers. Notice what Paul asks the Father for these believers. He said, Father, I ask that you grant them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I pray that the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened, so they may come into a deeper understanding of who God is, Amen, what we have in Him, as well as what God has in us through Christ Jesus. He elaborates by praying that these believers, He wants, he wants them to come to know the hope that is attached to God's calling. He wants them to know the glorious inheritance God has in us. We are His inheritance. Amen? We don't just have an inheritance in Him. We are His inheritance in Christ Jesus. And then, finally, He says, that we may come to know the greatness of His power that is released on the behalf of those who believe Him. Now that is a mouthful of prayer. For me, the way I look at this, this petition of Paul, it is so deep, it is so wide, that the natural mind cannot fathom such knowledge. The kind of knowledge Paul is asking God to give them can only be given directly from God and by God and can only be understood by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. So Paul is asking for the Spirit of God to do such a deep work in the believers, in their mind, that will totally transform the way of thinking about God, about themselves, and the way they live their lives on the earth. That is... That is one Spirit-filled, powerful, apostolic prayer that he prays for the believers in Ephesus. We can pray that same prayer for ourselves, for our spouses, for our children, for our loved ones, trusting and believing that God will send angels to carry that revelation knowledge, to help them see the truth, despite the confusion and the hopelessness that they may be in. I believe that the greatest work is done in prayer. Amen. I, I would like to resemble the prayer warriors as the, as the air force of God's kingdom. They go first. You know, before... Before they send troops on the ground, the Air Force goes in. 
And what do they go in to do? They go in to demolish those strongholds of the enemy. Then the ground troops move in and they mop up. But the warfare, the real warfare, is fought on our knees in cooperation with God's Spirit and with God's angels that are sent on the behalf of those we pray for. That is the air force of God. And how desperately we need such people. Amen. 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 Please notice that Paul is not asking God for trivial things. Things of very little importance or value. He's not asking for things that are insignificant in the scope of eternity. His prayers are deep. His prayers are spiritual. His prayers engulf so many spiritual truths. In his prayers, he aims for the highest and the best, trusting that God will do above and beyond his expectations for these believers. Amen. Amen. This tells me that Paul understood something about God that most of us fail to grasp when it comes to prayer. And how, for me personally, how I wish, and I wish this for everyone within my spiritual family, that we had people like that praying for us this way. People that know God so deeply and can go into the war room, into the throne of God, and they pray and petition God by faith and through faith and obtain from Him the things that Paul is asking for the church in Ephesus here. So, pray this prayer. You can pray this prayer every day, twice a day. And where it says, Paul, I'm praying that God would give you, put your name in that. Put the name of those you're praying for. Lord, I pray, you are the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and in the name of Jesus I pray that you may give to me, Lord, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, so that the eyes of my understanding may be fully enlightened, that they may be flooded with the light of the truth, that I may come to know the hope that is attached to my calling. I want to know the riches of the glory of your inheritance in me and what is the exceeding greatness of your power because I'm a believer, Lord. And then put the names of those you're praying for. You're praying for your wife. Put her name in there. You're praying for your children. Put their name in there. It takes effort. It takes work. It takes perseverance. But I want to tell you this. This is worthwhile. This kind of prayer has not just temporary rewards, but has eternal rewards. Amen? Amen. Somerset West House Church, all I'm seeing is your ceiling. I don't see any faces. I see the ceiling and the lights hanging from the ceiling. Please adjust your TV. Thank you. Now... Yes. I, well, I don't want to go off topic, though, but it was about the angels. Should I just wait to the end? 
Well, I am I am almost finished, Nikki. Yeah, keep that question. Okay. We're going to come to an end yeah. now because I, I know we have communion and we want to receive the tithes as well. So I don't want to go more. We'll pick it up next week and systematically study these prayers that Paul is praying for the church, which are uh, beneficial for us and relevant for us today. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah. Or are, are you tired of the teaching on prayer? Negative. Okay. Father, as we as we look into this subject of prayer, for me, Lord, my heart burns with a desire that that we may become a people of prayer, that we may be consistent, that we may be passionate, that we may persevere in prayer, for that is where battles are won and lost in the field of prayer. I pray that you will inspire us. I pray that you will stir our hearts and stir our spirits, Lord, that we may give ourselves continually unto prayer. That if there's one thing we're going to neglect, it will not be our prayer life. We petition you, Father, that you may have grace and mercy upon us, that by your Spirit you enable us to stand upright in the Spirit and begin to war and begin to push back the forces of darkness, not only in our own family, but within the sphere of our influence. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.